Though Mrs. Pargeter had a wide and fascinating circle of friends, few of them were the type who would ever want to get up a table for such an event. And in her experience, the kind of people who did want to get up a table had limited charm and limited conversation. So the thought of sitting on the same table with them at a charity ball from 7.30 till carriages at midnight not to mention enduring indifferent food, sweet fizzy wine that wasn't champagne, the inevitable auction and endless speeches of thanks, held little attraction. In fact, on more than one occasion, Mrs. Pargeter had willingly paid the price of two tickets for the undoubted privilege of not attending a charity ball. She also had very strong views about the nature of the charities to which she might contemplate donating, Though with a huge appetite for life and a respect for the past, she would never give money to any restoration or maintenance project. It was Mrs. Pargeter's view that change was part of progress. If a medieval castle was falling down, that was probably because it had outlasted its usefulness as a medieval castle and would not be missed. She felt the same about endangered species, Although she probably wouldn't have understood the description, Mrs. Pargeter was something of a Darwinian. To her mind, the fact that the world population of Guatemalan dingbats was reduced to single figures suggested that the Guatemalan dingbat was probably not very well adapted to modern life and would be well advised to make an unobtrusive exit from it. Though the most compassionate of women, Mrs. Pargeter's compassion did not extend to the animal kingdom. Friends of hers had cats and dogs that she was perfectly happy to meet socially, but she had never contemplated owning either herself. She was not afflicted by the pervading British sentimentality about pets. She reckoned there were far too many human problems in need of alleviation before she started extending her largesse to other species which made it all the more remarkable that she was to be seen one evening in early May at a fundraising reception for a cat charity. More remarkable still, given her views on the subject, was the fact that the event was due to include an auction. Chapter 2 Characteristically, the reason for her presence was compassion for another human being. Mrs. Pargeter was generous by nature, but her generosity became even more lavish when it could be focused on people with any connection to her late husband. Jasmine Angold was just such a person. Her husband, too, was late, though not as late as Mr. Pargeter, and Jasmine was going through the second year of bereavement, which many widows assert is worse than the first. Friends and acquaintances who had been so solicitous during the initial year after the death, who had made such an effort to include the new widow in many social events, seemed to reckon that twelve months on she should be standing on her own two feet. Meanwhile, the woman herself is facing the bleak and ongoing reality of her partner's disappearance from her life. Jasmine Angold was not completely on her own. She had a daughter, Charlie, who lived with her, or who perhaps Mrs. Pargeter couldn't remember, had come back to live with her after her father's death. Jasmine's late husband, nicknamed Silver 
Angold, because of his exceptional skills in dealing with precious metals, had been one of Mr. Pardita's longest-serving and most loyal of associates. They had worked together on projects almost too numerous to count. Mrs. Pargeter did not know the precise details of any of these enterprises. Her husband had never liked to bring his work home and had always operated on the principle that what people didn't know about, they couldn't be questioned about. But she knew he held Silver Angold in very high esteem. It was instinctive, therefore, that she should extend the hand of friendship to his widow. Even if that hand turned out to be the one she was led by into a fundraising reception for a cat charity. Mrs. Pargeter had been able to tell from the way Jasmine Angold spoke of the event how much she wanted to be there. Within a year of her husband's demise, her favourite cat, Edna, had died just after Christmas.